0: Today we take a text of scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. We will will also read in Matthew 24, verses 37 through 39. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Matthew 24, 37, Jesus says these words, But as the days of Noah were, so also will will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day. Until the very day. Unaware. Unconcerned. Until the very day. That Noah entered the ark. And they did not know until the flood came. And took them all away. So also will the coming of the son of man. Be. Father, we ask that your blessing would rest upon your word to our hearts. We ask for your anointing to say and teach those things which you have led us to. Lord, we pray that it would fall upon good soil. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We won't have time to read all that's in Genesis. Of course, it's there's too many chapters. We'll have to... Pick through some of it, read it in your own time. What we know is this that Noah's age came to a close. And Noah's age came to a close in judgment, just like the Lord told. Divinely warned, it says. He divinely warned Noah. It came to the age. Noah tried to talk to these people, he tried to warn them, but to them it was all a fantasy. But it wasn't a fantasy, it was a reality. And that age came to a close in the judgment of the flood. You say, Well, I don't believe that. Well, Jesus did. He spoke about it in his ministry, as I've read here today. As hard as it to believe, I believe it. Why? Because the word of God says so. But I also want to tell you this that our age, this age, this some call, the church age, will also come to a close. When Peter preached 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost, he spoke and says, in the last days, and he spoke his sermon. Now here we are as the Christian church, and we are 2,000 years removed from the beginning of the last days. I believe that we're in the last of the last days. I believe that we could possibly in the closing moments of the last days. What I do know this is according to the word of God, not only did Noah's age close with judgment, but according to the word of God, this age will close. And it will also close with judgment. Noah is one of the great men that graced the earth. Not a perfect man. Isn't it amazing how the Lord adds everything? If I was going to write about me, I'd leave out all the bad stuff. Don't talk to my wife either. But the Lord put everything in about Noah. But Noah was a great man because he was a man of faith. Noah was assigned a difficult task. It's a task that would call for great courage, and it would—it's a task that would call for dogged tenacity to do what God has called him to do. Anyone that ever tells you it's easy to serve the Lord, they don't know anything about serving the Lord. It's not easy to serve the Lord. It's difficult to serve the Lord at times. It's great to serve the Lord. It's joyous to serve the Lord. There's no better life or greater life, but we are in a fight of faith. And Noah was in a fight of faith. What Noah did in building the ark and getting ready to save his household and proclaim his gospel to those of his day was hard. Everything he did went against the grain. It gets the grain of culture. I'm sure he was mocked. I'm sure he was laughed at. As I thought about Noah's life and I thought about faith, Noah's faith story, listen, Noah's faith story really contradicts what we hear about our modern day faith message because it's not always the same. The modern day faith message of earthly success that we hear, Noah didn't have that. As you look at Noah's life, Noah never reached a great number of people. It's in a world that it's estimated that between, hear this, between 3 and 10 billion people died in the flood. 3 and 10 billion people. Now that's guessing at it. But Dr. Henry Morris, a very wise and learned man, he estimated in his writing 10 billion people died in the flood. How did he come up with that? He estimated that that if the flood took place about 1656 and it started with two people at a compound annual growth rate of 1.783%, the only thing that is different there is the, what's the variable? We don't know exactly what it is. Do you realize this? That world population went from 2 billion in 1927 to 7.36 billion in 2015. In an age where men lived longer, they had more children probably, it's very likely it could have been 10 billion people died in the flood. In in Noah's entire life, he only reached eight people. In a world with maybe 10 billion people, he reached eight. And one of those eight was himself. Peter says this, who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared which, which, in which a few, that is, eight souls were saved through water. Eight people. I don't think the church growth pundits would have invited Noah to their church growth conference. He only had Eight in his church, and they were all in his own family, so it really didn't count. But isn't it isn't interesting. God invited him into his hall of faith as a man that we are to emulate because he's a man who expresses genuine Bible faith. And I thought about this. How different God thinks than we think. How different are the ways of God than our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are His ways above our ways. So this morning, for a few moments, I want to talk about Noah, the walk of faith. What is it about this story? What were the days of Noah like? What, what message did Noah preach? Who was Noah? What kind of man was he? What task was he given? Here's what we know. First of all, we know that the days that Noah lived in were very dark days. Very dark days. Jesus says, as the days of Noah, so shall they also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Look at this again. For as the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. They didn't even know until the flood came and took them all away. So shall it, will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And Noah's society was an ungodly society. Incredibly sinful. We get it in Genesis 6 and 1. Listen to this. Now it came to pass. When men began to multiply on the face of the earth, the daughters were born to them, and the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives from themselves of whom they chose. And the Lord said, notice verse 3, very sad words, My spirit shall not always strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, and his days shall be 120 years. The Spirit of God was dealing in that day. He was dealing with men, sinful men, wooing them. Just like in Genesis 1 and 2, the Holy Spirit was hovering. The Holy Spirit had not given up on that society. but those, He was dealing with those men. But they, were what, they would do what Romans 1 says. They were suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. They were suppressing their conscience. They were suppressing the work of the Holy Spirit. Mo, Noah would preach and they would suppress that as, as nonsense. And God said, my spirit will not always strive with man. Now, this is a mysterious thing. I've seen little children somehow that had a heart for God. I've seen six-year-old children say, I want to be saved. I've seen other people, for some reason, just fought God their whole life and never did serve Him. But I know this, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to every man. Every man, every man and woman have a chance to be saved. Listen, it's, God, it's not God's will that any should perish. Not one person. That horrible thing that was done yesterday. That horrible thing that happened in Odessa and Midland. That horrible thing that happened. We need to pray for those people. The Spirit of God is dealing and wooing. Verse 4 There were giants on the earth in those days, and afterwards, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. I don't have time to deal with this cohabitation thing. I, I see it a little different than most of my brothers and sisters, but it said, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Notice that. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every thought, Of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Do you know when God creates a human being, he creates them with free moral agency. He creates us. God has the best beliefs in us. He believes that we're going to do right. He creates us for good. We're created in his likeness, we're created in his image. And when when mankind goes away from God into evil, It's an unnatural thing. We were never meant to partake of evil. We were never meant to partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We were meant to partake of the tree of life. And we were meant to walk in righteousness. Sin is unnatural for a human being. But yet in the fall, man now has a sin nature. And all men sin. I wish that it wasn't so. But it's so. All men sin. And all, listen, all have fallen short. Of the glory of God. I wish I didn't have to say that. But we all need Jesus. Noah's day needed Jesus. What kind of day was it? I think it was a day of religious deception in Noah's day. You say, how is that? Do you know the gospel is from Genesis to Revelation? Not just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You have promises of a Redeemer. Promises of Christ coming. You have the first mention of Messiah in prophecy in Genesis 3.15. And what I know is this. I know that when Adam and Eve fell, the Lord showed them how they could walk in fellowship with him until full redemption of Christ would come. He he slayed an animal some way and clothed them with tunics. There, There had to be the shedding of blood. And I believe that what the Lord showed them is... If, if you will put your faith in me, if you will put your faith in the offering, and the shedding of the blood, which is really faith in Jesus. I mean, you know that all of the offerings in the Old Testament, all was, was their way of having faith in Jesus. We look back on the cross and we have faith in his shed blood. But it's the same kind of faith. They weren't saved by the law in the Old Testament, and now we're saved by grace in the New Testament. No one's ever been saved by the law, ever. The law cannot save. Only God can save by his grace. But we notice here that even early on, Cain was saying, I'll bring my own type of offering. I'll serve God the way I want to serve him. And then if you read in Cain's family line, they built a whole society there. That was godless. Humanism to the the extreme. But it's the same way in our day. Paul said in the last days before the coming of Christ. Having a form of godliness. But denying the power thereof. Of such turn away. Even today there's religious deception in our own day. Right here before the coming of the Lord. Paul warned the Galatians. He said you've accepted another gospel which is not the gospel of Christ. So in Noah's day, there was religious deception. There's only one way to be saved. There was only one way to be saved in Noah's day. Noah didn't build three arks. You know, there was, a, there was a bumper sticker that I saw that was behind a car and it had... A cross, a, cre- uh, a crescent, a Hindu sign—you know—all all these like five or six different religious signs, and it said we're all one. Well, in that philosophy, Noah would have had to build ten arcs, and you know, every every whichever ark you want will get you through the flood. And, no, no, no. There was one ark. There was one ark. He built one ark. He was divinely given the plan by God. One ark. I want to tell you, there's only one way to be saved, and it's Jesus Christ. One way to be saved. Jesus Christ. For the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. There's only one ark. There's only one Jesus. There's only one gospel. The ark is a type of Jesus. How is that? The ark was graciously provided by God for sinners. So salvation in Christ is graciously provided for us sinners. Sinners. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Noah would say, you guys see that ark? That ark will save you. That ark will will keep you safe when the waters of judgment are about to roar on this world. Come into the ark. Come into the ark. Behold the ark. Behold the Lamb of God. The ark is a type of Christ in that the ark was planned by God. So our salvation was planned by God. There's only one plan of salvation. And God planned it from the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1 and 4 says that from the foundation of the world, this redemption has been planned in the heart, in the mind of God. Another place in Scripture said that Christ was slain from the foundation of the world. This plan was in the mind of God. It was planned out by God. God had an answer before there was even a problem. It's mysterious to me. Because the first thing we say, well, why did God create man if he knew he was going to fall? You cannot answer it, nor can I. But what we have to do is stay with Scripture, and that is that God has planned our salvation. And God said, Noah, here's the plan. Here's the plan, Noah. Here's how I want you to build the ark. I want you to build it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. I want you to put this in it. And that There was 100,000 square feet in that ark. God planned it. ark is the type of Christ. The ark was a place of safety. Christ is our place of safety. John said this, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my words and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death to life. When Noah was in that ark, he was passing through death, but he passed from death. And everybody else perished, but he came to life. Listen, we're going to leave this world one day. We're going to pass through death, maybe rapture hopefully. But we're going to life eternal. The ark. The ark took the punishment from the flood. While Noah and his seven other family members were safe. The ark, those waters rushing and billowing and beating against that ark. Do you know the very judgments of God, the very punishments of our sin came down upon God. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He took our sin, but Noah was safe on the inside. Do you know when we're in Christ, we are safe. We are safe. It's the only safe place. Noah and his family had to come to the ark. They had to come into the ark for safety. Just because the ark was built didn't mean it would save them unless they got in the ark. By faith, we have to come to Jesus. By faith, we have he that has the Son has life. He that does not have the Son does not have life. But the wrath of God remains on him. You could look outside the ark and go, that's a great piece of furniture, Noah. That's the strangest thing I've ever seen. It's never even rained before. What in the world are you doing out here, you crazy preacher? But unless they got in, we got to get in. Come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Jesus is a type of the ark. Or the ark is a type of Jesus. Just as the call to come in the ark was a limited time offer, so God's call to salvation in Christ has a limited time offer. And it's in this life. And it's in this life alone. 2 Corinthians 6 2 says, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Listen, nobody needs to boast about tomorrow There needs to be no presumption about that. If you're here today, you're away from God. If you're here today, you've never been saved. If you're here today, you need to get right with God today. There's a limited time offer. Those people that lost their lives yesterday, they they woke up and they were going throughout their day. No one ever thinks it's going to happen to them. Let me tell you, dear dear ones listen, it's appointed unto men once to die, once to die, and then the judgment. No one knows their day. Today is the day. We need to call upon the Lord and be saved in this life. There is no such thing as purgatory. I was raised in a church for many years of my life. That's what they taught. There is no such thing as purgatory. This Bible does not teach teach purgatory. It's appointed in a man once that the, the axe is going to be laid to the root of the tree. Where the tree falls, there shall it lie. But today, the door of the ark is open. Today, today we can be saved. Today we can have a relationship with Christ. Today we can hear the Holy Spirit woo us. Today we can hear and we can come into reconciliation through the Son right to the Father. But it's a limited time offer. And those, day, those people in that day, Jesus said it the very day up until the very moment that Noah went in the ark, unconcerned, just going Throughout their day. Now. Fast forward a little bit here. Because I want to finish. Let me capsule it this way. The days of nowhere were marked by. Spiritual decline. Terrible social dilemmas. Family. There was polygamy. It was an advanced society. We think they were country bumpkins. They were, it's advanced, They were making. They were learning how to smelt ore and build instruments. They, were, they went from foraging for food to, to having herds and growing their own things. There was advancement in that day at some level. It was a deeply self-centered, prideful, especially Cain's, the Cain that grew up around uh, the society that grew up around Cain was, was self-centered. You read of Lamech who boasts about killing a man. You read of Lamech who, it says, he married two women. He's the first one recorded in the Scripture that said, I don't care what God said in Genesis 2. A man shall shall be joined to his wife. A man shall be married to a woman for life. He shall be glued to her for life. He shall be faithful to her for life. And it says Lamech married two women. He didn't care what God says. As you kind of read between the you realize these people are self-centered they're arrogant they want nothing to do with God there was so much violence the bible said the earth was filled with violence look at our day look at our day some lunatic is killing innocent people i watch the news i watch the interview of the dear lady this morning as she interviewed, she said the man was behind me and I heard something. And he said, I turned around and there was, she said, I, and you could just see the fear still on her and the, and the terror. And she was saying, I, The man began to shoot at us and the cars were in front of us and said, Finally, they parted and we, we sped off and barely, our li- barely got out with our lives. The earth was filled with violence. We're seeing that increase today. Now, what we know is that Noah's day was a day, I would just call it unprecedented apostasy. There was a day, it says in Genesis 4, verse 26, I think it is. said that then then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Something happened spiritually good in that day men begin to call on the name of the Lord. Maybe, maybe, maybe there was a, a great revival that people began to fall under conviction of their own sin and they began to see the wickedness around them and, and God began to get a hold of their heart and, and there, there was maybe a group for a time who began to be serving the Lord. But as the time got closer and closer to the flood, Noah began to see more and more people Turn against the Lord and turn away from the Lord. Till finally, think about this, till finally there was only one righteous man on the face of the earth. Him and his seven family members. And his name was Noah. Think about this. The world, in this world, the righteous are normally in the minority. Certainly there have been times of mighty moves of God. And we long for those, don't we? Don't we long for days where where presidents will get on their knees and call on God for forgiveness? And Congress will get on their knees and and, and the great ones of the earth and, and this sweeping revival. We would love to see a revival like that. But Noah didn't have a revival. Noah had to minister in difficult days of apostasy. When men once began to call on the name of the Lord, that group got smaller and smaller and men turn their hearts away from God. Very much like Isaiah. Isaiah had to serve. We don't, you know, we don't get to choose when we serve. Where would you? Say, I would love to have lived in the days of Jesus and watched him do the miracles. And I think that would be amazing. You don't get to choose where you're born. But you are equipped to live where you're born. Because where you're born and where you're called to minister, God will give you anointing. And God called Noah A strong, righteous, holy man of God. And God gave him the grace to serve in a day that was very hard. Noah could have prayed this prayer in Psalm 12 and 1. The prayer says, Help, Lord, for the ungodly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. Noah's day was a hard day. Noah's day was a very dark day. Let's look at this man, Noah. Noah. Here's what it says in verse 7, Genesis 6 and 7. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. What a word. What a word. Can you imagine being in your prayer time and getting that word? I will destroy man whom I have created on the face of the earth, both man and beast. And creeping things and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made man. Verse 8. But Noah. Everyone say that. But Noah. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 9. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man. Perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. Noah found grace. Stay with me just another moment. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So in the dark days of Noah, God's grace appears. Where, listen, where sin abounds, what happens? Grace is much more abound. So how do, we, how do we see the grace of God in Noah's day? We see the sin We see the violence, we see the immorality, we see the apostasy, but how do we see God's grace? How do we see God's mercy, God's kindness? I think one of the graces is we see it evidenced in God's divine warning. It was a mercy that God showed this to Noah. God showed him that the world would be destroyed completely because of man's sin. What was it? It was the revelation of God's holy word. Do you realize what this book is right here? That's a grace from God. You hold a Bible in your hand, you have something that many Christians never had. Think about this. Abraham never had this. Joseph never had this. Jacob never had this. Isaac never had one of these. Before the days of Scripture written down. What this, what this word is here, it tells me. This is a book of life right here. This book right here tells me clearly who God is. Who the true God is. Who the living God is. I mean, we'd, we'd be worshiping a, a rock somewhere. We'd be worshiping some tree one somewhere unless we have the light of the Word of God, which tells me His name is Jehovah God. It tells me He's Elohim. It tells me that He spoke and created the world. It tells me how He created man and why He created man. And it, tells, it warns me about sin. It warns me and it tells me and instructs me how I can get back to God. How I can please God. What's this book? This is grace right here. And God's warning to Noah was pure and wonderful Grace. I also see the grace of God in this story of Noah and the flood. I see the grace of God in the Lord's strength. See, God called Noah and said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. You have to read all the story, but I want you to build the ark. 450 feet wide. Would you put that, uh, that graph, graphic up? If you'd put the picture up. that's 450 feet long. That's over a football field. 75 feet wide. And forty-five feet high. The ark they think looked like something like that. And the little map on the right on the top right is is where is the area, which is a very large area, where it said the, the ark ended up when, when the flood waters decreased. But think about this the mercy of the Lord. How would you like, how would you like the Lord to call you, Noah? I want you to build this enormous vessel. I want you to build this incredible vessel, 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Let me go down and get my Black and Decker saw. Let me get my square. Let me, let, me, let, me get a, let me get some guys. Let me get my skill saw. Let me get my miter saw. They probably had some kind of tools, but no electric tools. Do you think you would need the Lord's help in serving him? Think you'd need a little strength every day? Do you think after a long day, do you think Noah was a little soft-handed man? No, sir. He was a man's man. I'm sure those old gnarly hands had blisters on them, and I'm sure that there were days that he worked late into the evening, and his body was tired, and the next day his son rose. He needed strength and grace from God to get up and do it. And you know how long he did it? 120 years. 120 years. It makes you sad. Some Christians can't read the Bible twice a day in a row, you know? It's 120 years. It says, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his household. He needed grace to walk with God in a day when men were violent, they were immoral, they were apostate, They were godless. They mocked him. Oh, can you imagine the ridicule? How would you like to be in a place that had never rained build something like that? You know, that's like putting a shirt on saying, I'm stupid, you know. The ways of God are different than the ways of man. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. God's ways are higher than our ways. Pastor, are you telling me that a man that died on a cross 2,000 years ago, that never lived in our present day, that if I put my faith and my trust in Him, that my sins are going to be washed away and I'm going to heaven? What kind of message is that? It's a message just like this message. Foolish to the world, but it is the power of God. What the world calls foolish. Is a treasure to me. And the Lord will give you grace to do what He's called you to do. And the Lord waited, grace again, I'm about to close, 120 years. Why did God wait that long? He said, My spirit won't always strive with man forever. There is a limit. Peter said this, that He waited in the days of Noah. Why did God wait? I think He waits in grace and in mercy hoping that people will repent, truly giving them a choice. You have a choice. I believe in the prevenient grace of God. I believe that God gives grace to everyone, that if someone wants to be saved, no matter how far down in sin they are, how long they've been there, what they've done with their lives, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God has a place at the table for you. So think about it. Hebrews eleven seven, 7, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, he did what? He moved with godly fear. It was a fear of the Lord in him. When Noah talked about the Lord, it, he, wouldn't have had, he wouldn't have talked about the Lord in some light, sloppy, loose conversation. He would have held the name of God reverently on his tongue. Many Christians use the name of the Lord in vain. And I'm not talking about a curse word either. I'm talking about loosely using God's name. It is a sin that the church commits. We need to not speak. Sister Mary, This just saw you. I'm so glad to see you. God bless you. Mary's been sick. Bless you. Just saw you. I don't have my glasses on. That's why I just saw you. I make the font big enough where I... You know, <laughs> 5,000 font. No, not really. But uh, so he, but he moved with godly fear. Yeah. Let me just explain this to you, and I'm closing. You can tell if a man has really met God. That's true. If a man has truly met God, there is a brokenness in that man. There is a fear in that man. There is a cautiousness in that man. And Noah heard a word from God, and he believed it, and he moved with fear. He knew he had to do it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it said this, he prepared an ark to the saving of his household, condemned the world. He became the heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. Noah was a great man of faith. He walked blameless before God. That means simply this, he sincerely sought to serve God. It wasn't perfect. That word perfect in, the, in this translation means, it means blameless. What it means is he didn't have a major blot in his life up in that, in that time. He was really seeking to serve the Lord. He obeyed God in the building of the ark. His faith produced good works. Real faith will always produce good works. He saved his family. There's nothing greater than you can do than to save your family. Nothing greater. You can win the world, but if you lose your family, what's that? We have to make sure that our kids know God and know the Word of God and know how to serve God. We, we must train our kids. You must train your kids. Noah saved his family, and he condemned the world. That means that he preached to them. He warned them about the way that they were living. They saw him building. And if they had believed, they would have built their ark too. But they didn't believe. So I close with these words. Genesis 7:11. And in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, all of the fountains of the deep were broken up. And the windows of heaven were opened. And the rain was on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. On the same day, Noah and his sons Shem, Ham, and Jephthah, and Noah's wife, and their three wives, and his sons with them, entered the ark. And they and and every beast, after its kind, all the cattle, after its kind, the creeping things after its kind, and every bird after their kind, and every every bird of every sort, and they went the uh, and they went into the ark to Noah two by two, and all flesh in which was the is the breath of life. So those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded them, and the Lord shut him in. The Lord closed the door. Now the flood was on the earth 40 days, and the waters increased and lifted up the ark, and it rose high above the earth, and the waters prevailed and greatly increased in the earth, and the ark moved. Above the surface of the waters, and the waters prevailed exceedingly on the earth, and all the high hills under the whole heavens were covered, the waters prevailed 15 cubits upward, and the mountains were covered, and all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds and cattle and beasts and every creeping thing that creeped on the earth, and every, and every man and all, all whose, in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life, and all that was on the dry land died. So he destroyed all the living things which are on the face of the ground, both man and cattle, creeping things, birds of the air. They were destroyed from the earth. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remained alive, and the waters prevailed on earth for 150 days. Then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. God made a wind pass over the earth, and the waters subsided. I can imagine as the waters begin to rain and the subterranean waters begin to be released. And that ark lifted up above the ground and began to move. There were people that were thinking, well maybe, maybe one day, maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong. They began to cr- cr- claw, scream, claw that ark trying to get on. But it was too late because the Lord had shut the door. And after the door was shut, the judgment came. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Father, today, thank you for your words. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your compassions. We worship your name today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace. Thank you for your compassions. Thank you, Lord. We worship your name, O oh God. Just wait upon the Lord as Tory plays. Maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus. Maybe you've never come into a saving knowledge of Christ. Maybe you've never turned from sin into Christ. Maybe you walk with God, but you were like those in Noah's day, that you, you stopped calling upon the Lord. You stopped serving Him. The Lord's wooing you today. The Lord's calling you today to be saved, to draw near to Him, to get busy serving Him, building that ark in a sense meaning, doing the work that he's called us to do. That was the will of God for Noah. The Lord's will for us is to walk with him and serve him, to share his love with others, to build his church, to love our brothers and sisters, to follow Christ faithfully. I want you to stand with me. I want you to stand with me. I just, uh, I, I think, uh, I think what I want to do is just say it this way. As we close this service today, before we close, I'm going to ask our singers if they would come and just stand over here. And, and if you, I would just say it this way. If the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, and you need to come and pray, the altars are a wonderful place to just come and draw near to the Lord, to come and speak to Him and just worship Him. And so I'm going to open these altars before we conclude. And if you just feel a drawing and you just want to come and pray, and this message maybe stirred your heart, maybe you need to get some things right, maybe, maybe you're right and you just want to come and, and just stand and worship and thank God for, for helping you to get in the ark in a sense. But if, if anyone wants to come and pray, and maybe many people just want to come and pray and just stand and worship the Lord. I want to invite you to come as they begin to sing. If you want to come and pray, just come in the name of the Lord. Just come in the name of the Lord. Just come. Let's worship. Stephanie, would you lead us in worship? Altars are open. You can come and pray. Just worship the Lord.